more nervous in this room than anywhere else. It's on your radio right now. Do you know how to pop that coochie for a good There you go. It's the world's most dangerous one to show. Got the cameras on my the Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday. Good morning. Good morning. Your voice cracked a little bit. Your eyebrow? Just woke up 10 minutes no, ago. Okay. Can, you, can you give me a chance? Let me get him drink a little just green tea or something. A man just just sit down after waking up at 5.50 in the morning. You're asking him if his voice cracking. Let me wipe the cold out my eye. No, okay. wipe the cold out, child. You know, mm. I believe this weekend we were supposed to be in Could Vegas. Did you say something to Toronto, you disrespectful ass beige person? Toronto! That's why BET don't think you black right there. Shut up. I don't know what, that had nothing to do with nothing, but that's going to be my excuse for the rest of the week. I'm going to say that to you at least 10 times for the rest of the week. That's why BET don't think you're black right there for no reason. Mm -mm. Go ahead. Yeah, I was disappointed in BET back then. But anyway, you know, um, this was the weekend, I believe, we were supposed to be at the iHeartRadio Music Festival in Vegas. I think it was supposed to be this weekend. This is when we usually go to Vegas and we host a a show and, and so many different performances. It's always a great Great, great time. I think this was the weekend. Doesn't the awards come on tonight? Is it tonight or tomorrow? I think it's tonight or tomorrow. Okay. Oh, gonna, you gonna throw stuff out know. there and not know? I don't know. <laughs> none, of, none, of, none of you iHeart employee partners know. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. You don't know either. Tomorrow? Tomorrow drum? Tomorrow and Saturday is the iHeart Festival. The same day there it would have been yeah. if it was live. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So, anyway. How you guys doing? How you do yesterday? Everything was good? What y'all do? Anything? Anything exciting? Fun, 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 anything? Good. Good morning, Toronto. You know, yesterday, and this is very exciting for me, and I know y'all not going to care, but I recorded lip service, and we interviewed Division, and they're from Toronto, and I love Division. That's like, I think they're from Toronto. They're signed to OVO, Mm -hmm. and um, this is exciting for me because they don't do a lot of interviews, and I love that group, so. Y'all don't listen to Division, though. Am I right? Aaliyah. A little bit. I've heard I've heard some music. Yeah, I definitely heard some music. All right. Well, let's get okay. the show cracking now. Um, who we have on the show today? Stephen Jackson oh, and Matt Barnes. Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes, all the, the host of podcast, the, the All the Smoke podcast. Uh, you can hear the All the Smoke podcast now on the Black Effect Podcast Network with iHeartRadio, but they also have the All the Smoke TV show on Showtime, mm-hmm. and that comes back tonight. Today, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, tonight. Yes, on Showtime. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? All right, well, let's talk about Donald Trump versus the CDC director, Robert Redfield. They're both saying contract, uh, contrasting things about this coronavirus vaccine and wearing a mask. All right, we'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where we starting, ye? 
Well, let's start with Donald Trump. He is talking about the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Director, Dr. Robert Redfield. And Robert Redfield is giving information on what's going on with coronavirus and how important it is to wear a mask. Here's what he said. We have clear scientific evidence. They work and they are our best defense. I might even go so far as to say that this face mask is more guaranteed to protect me against COVID than when I take a COVID vaccine. All right, well, Donald Trump responded to the CDC director and said this. I called him about that, and I believe that if you ask him, he would probably say that he didn't understand the question. When I called up Robert today, I said to him, uh, what's with the mask? He said, I think I answered that question incorrectly. I think maybe he misunderstood it. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Sounds so crazy. That's good. I'm glad that the mask protects like that, though, because I'm not getting the vaccine because that vaccine is being rushed because the election is November 3rd. Trump can't go into these debates with Joe Biden without being able to say we have a vaccine because COVID is the only thing that, that that's really hurting Trump's re-election chances because of the jobs and lives lost. The money got messed up. If he can show he got that back on track, it might be some slow singing and fly bringing in November. And they must have just well, delivered all be- the new Trump signs, too, because my office is in a town in New Jersey. And yesterday when I went to my office, I see nothing but Trump 2020 signs. Like, they must have just delivered those signs yesterday. So they must have just came in yesterday. So people are starting to put well, their signs up. You won't mm. be able to get a potential vaccine anyway, even if you wanted to, until summer of 2021, according to Robert Redfield, the head of the CDC. He's saying the public won't get that potential vaccine until then. And that's why he's saying you should wear that face mask. Now, Donald Trump did try to, again, go against the head of the CDC and say that we will be able to distribute at least 100 million vaccine doses by the end of 2020 and a large number much sooner than that. But experts keep on saying that's not how it will happen. Actually, only a limited number of people who are highly at risk and healthcare workers will be getting the vaccine Mm -hmm. this year. Yep. So... No worries, you won't be (laughs) taking that vaccine anyway. Okay, and Rochester officials, according to reports, the city of Rochester, New York, they released 325 pages of internal emails, police reports, and other documents on Monday. And they're saying there was a concerted effort by police and city officials to delay the release of this incriminating body camera footage that was involved in the death of Daniel Prude. He was a black man who was having a mental breakdown when police pinned him to the ground in March, and he did end up... Uh, dying from that. As you know, there was a lot of fallout. Deputy Police Chief Mark Simmons, according to these reports, wrote to the Chief Leron Singletary at the time in June as there were protests over the death of George Floyd, and they said they don't want people to misinterpret the officer's actions and conflate this incident with any recent killings of unarmed black men, so that's why there was such a delay in releasing the footage that showed what happened in that graphic video that actually drew a national outcry. So it looks like there was some type of at least temporary cover-up when it came to the case of Daniel Prude. <laughs> I mean, you, I, you sit here and you're like, okay, what do you say to that? Because this, there's always a cover-up. Always. There's a cover-up every single time these situations happen. Every single time. So it's just like, all right, uh, give me the script that I've been reading about these situations. It's just like, I don't even know what to do at this point. Yeah, the family's attorney had actually requested this body cam footage on April 3rd. They didn't get the footage until August 12th. I don't even see the point of officers wearing body cameras. We 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 it don't matter. We see it regardless. Yeah, you're right. We, I mean, we we they film been, it. 
they manipulate them, they turn them off, you know, they, 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 I don't, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm at a loss for words when it comes to, uh, you know, the, 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 un, the, the killings of unarmed black and brown people in this country in the hands of the police. I'm, I just, I don't even know what to say anymore. I really All don't. Right. Cause I feel like w- w- words don't even matter. There's no, there's, no, there's no words, no lip service I can say. What do you want me to just continue to be outraged, continue to be angry, continue to be upset? Like, I don't I don't even know what to do. I really All don't. Right. And then they show the the actual report, where the police report, where they actually write, write in red, and they said the change Daniel proved from a victim to a suspect. To a suspect. I saw that. Mm-hmm. But that's what they mm-hmm. do. Like, it's like they come up and they start talking about, oh, he stole some milk when he was in third grade. It's like, it's like who cares? Like, what does a person, you know, what, what, what does a person pass... They the try to make it look like a criminal, criminal history have to do with the fact that y'all committed malpractice on the job. Yeah, they they try yeah. to make a, try to make somebody look like a criminal, try to make him look bad, like uh, he was yeah. a criminal anyway. But doesn't matter. All right. Well, that is your front page news. And tonight, Thursday night football, the Browns take on the Bengals at eight twenty. All right. Now get it off your chest. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's up, MB? Hey, Trav. What's up, Trav? Oh, my God. Hi, Trav. I miss you. I miss you, boo. What's up, Charlotte? Hey, Trav. Where's Charlamagne at? Yeah, he can hear you ignoring you right now. I don't know what he's doing. He's. I don't know what he's doing. He ain't got I no love for you, huh? Listen, don't nobody <laughs> care about Charlemagne. He ain't got to speak to me. Hey, girl. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm calling you to talk about. Um, I want to talk about Cardi B, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like we all need to normalize leaving these cheating ass men, yo. We don't like, know if he cheated or not. We don't know. Well, if that's he what cheated. the word don't, is, according don't to people. Don't put that magazine. on him. We don't know. <laughs> The word is that he cheated and he may allegedly have got someone pregnant. We don't know. All right, now we don't know that much. Right, we don't know what's going on. You just can't say stuff like that, Trav. Oh, no. You He's just going like off that. of the headlines. All I'm saying is that we need to normalize leaving these cheating ass men. There are some women who don't play that, like Angela Yee. She don't play that. Like my I don't play that. Shut up, she gossip, Trav. You don't know what happened in that they situation. Don't. That's what I said. You, just you don't here, know what happened. You're you just, just calling up here, oh, spreading God. gossip because of what you Absolutely. saw in the blogs. You don't know what happened in them people's yeah. house. Well, Offset has apologized for cheating previously, so he definitely has before. at some point cheated. Yeah, but right. now he's so he can't say he hasn't. They, now he sounds like a cop. He got arrested Remember his last criminal history. We don't know what happened. Yesterday well, they said it wasn't cheating. Like ladies, ladies and men, don't be putting up with these cheating men. You are not a mattress. Don't be having them, you know, ignoring you in the daytime and then try to be all over you at night. I'm tired of these men <laughs> treat, treating us like that. No, we're not Trav, putting up with that. Trav, Trav. That's men. right. Me and Trav are taking Leave a stand off. against y'all. Oh my Trav, God. You, have you ever cheated on a man, Trav? Mind your business, Charlamagne. See, get your, you that's what I'm saying. Get your hypocritical <laughs> ass off the phone. Goodbye, Trav. Bye. <laughs> Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hi, my name's Samantha. Hey, Samantha, get it off your chest. All right, so I have this relationship right now where it kind of like 
happened last year. And in the meantime, he was going out with his actual girlfriend. So basically, he was cheating on me with another girl. Mm. And Mm-mm-mm. a year comes around, he hits me up on our birthday. Like, we have the same birthday. And he hit me up saying, happy birthday. So that was the perfect time to, like, come back into my life, you know? And That's crazy. I, and I was so it's crazy because black men don't cheat. So um, who's this white guy you dating? She didn't say he was he's, black. He's not white. He's Panamanian. There you go. He's just yeah, not black. Like, That's all I know. All right, let her tell her story. So what's going on? So basically, he's back into my life. We talked it out. Like, he's not with his girlfriend anymore. But mind you, it's like mad trust issues because he already, like, did me dirty once. And um, now his, his ex-girlfriend, like, found me on Instagram. And she's, like, in my DMs, like, cursing me out and, like, Oh, you like, you know, Ray did this, da da da. Like, this guy's cheating on you, and it's all lies. And it's just like this toxic drama and stuff. Like, that's like middle school stuff. And it's just like, I don't know if it's worth the relationship, you know? And he's a bad texter on top of it. So it's like, trust is like, I don't know, iffy. So, so now what? I mean, and then it's just, I don't know what his girlfriend's gonna do because if anything, she was like low key threatening me on top of it. She's like, I'm gonna, you know, like if you keep this up with being with him and stuff, like if anything, there's wow. no like freedom in that relationship, you know? So it's like, I don't know if it's worth the relationship if he got a crazy psycho ex on the side and he cheated on me in the first place like a while ago. So there's. I don't know. Sounds like too much drama in your life. You want all that drama? Sounds like no, a lot. I ain't go front. I just want you to know that if you had a black man, you wouldn't have these problems because black men don't cheat. Have a good one, Mama. Good luck. Hello, who's this? This is Todd. I'm calling you from Cleveland, Ohio. I got something I want to get off my chest. All right, Todd. What's up, Todd? Angela, Envy, Charlemagne. Angela, you take nice Yes, sir. That's not what I called about, though. The debate is on September 29th in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Today is the 17th of September, and none of the questions have been made available to the public for the public to evaluate. Not necessarily to influence more questions or different questions, but to get a clear understanding as to what degree this quasi, it's a quasi debate, is going to be addressing issues that people need to vote on and make decisions about these candidates. Here's something that should be made available. Oh, and before I say that, be clear on this. If you try to get in touch with the um, commission on presidential debates that sets up these debates to inquire about this type of thing, Mm -hmm. they will not respond. The only way to get a um, question posed to Chris Wallace as to what the questions are is to go through his um, TV show that comes on Sunday morning, and they will not respond unless those questions are directly related to the broadcast for that day. So there's not really a route for a public to influence or ask for um, certain questions. But here's a a good suggestion. The the taxpayer-funded neighborhood public schools in Cleveland are graded on six categories, and none of those six categories involve um, grading parent participation. There's no structured program or series of programs for the um, school system to have set up that shows to what degree parents have participated on the overall well-being of their individual neighborhood schools or neighborhood participation of the overall participation in the well-being of those neighborhood schools. The Department of Education in Washington, D.C. 
should have something set up for that purpose so that you can get a good idea as to what degree these um, most readily available nonprofits are being supported by the public separate from the government dollars, which are tax dollars. We do do this. We make decisions on how public schools are um, funded based on property taxes. Everybody's not a property owner, and everybody's not a contributor to property taxes through apartment um, living and things such as that. Well, that's okay. Those people are still allowed to go, but there's an evaluation based on that. We should be evaluating based on parent and neighborhood participation because that doesn't require you to be a taxpayer as neither does the property taxes. And we get an idea to what degree the schools are being supported. You can write off. So listen, listen, long-winded filibustering uh, caller. What do you want them to be asked? What do you want to be asked in the debate? What questions specifically would you like to be asked in the debates? I want them to argue over grading parent and neighborhood participation in the neighborhood public schools and how federal tax dollars can contribute to programs to make sure that that grading is done in a way so that people can understand the participation and where the money should better be um, sent for people Period. that are participating. Boom. Period. There you go. My man. Thank you for well, calling. Well, thank you for brother. calling, brother. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Now we got rooms on the way. Yes, and let's talk about somebody who is losing their job. And that is after making some disparaging remarks about ESPN reporter. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. All right, Dan McNeil was fired, and he is a radio host in Chicago, and that was for tweeting a sexist and misogynistic tweet about ESPN reporter Maria Taylor. Now, he said that she looks like she should be hosting an adult film award show because of her outfit. It was a leather jacket top. And he said, NFL sideline reporter or a host for the AVN annual awards presentation. As you know, the AVN is the uh, adult video network awards. So and how does he get fired for that? But people don't get fired for their commentary about uh, about WAP. Like when people were saying wild stuff about Megan. And, well, I think um, he said I think he said all kinds of things. And this was just the last straw. Now, she did respond. And she said, well, Danny Darris, if you would like to continue making sexist comments about me, please bring your misogyny with you to the NBA Countdown doubleheader I'll be hosting tomorrow night. Hey, ladies, remember, you can wear whatever you feel confident in. So he's had other previous situations other than this one. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, and and social media went crazy with this. It was a very misogyny. I mean, first of all, there's nothing wrong with her outfit. And how are you going to talk about she looks like she should be hosting an adult video network's porn mm-hmm. show. I mean, it's ridiculous. He don't have a job now. So that's yeah, what he so gets. He, he got fired. Now, a mm-hmm. lot of people went in on him and had comments to make, so in support of Maria Taylor. All right, now Cardi B is shutting down rumors that there is another child involved with her divorce from Offset. People were saying he's expecting a baby with another woman. Oh, so, Trav, this is for you. This yeah. There is no other child, according to sources. They said... That rumor is super false. There's no other child, no baby on the way. All right, Chrissy Teigen has been placed on full bed rest, and that's because of uh, pregnancy difficulties. She has been placed on a two-week bed rest earlier this month. She said she didn't take it seriously enough. She said, I didn't really know that bed rest was in bed. I honestly thought bed rest was you have to really, really relax, stay home. 
She said, I thought it could be couch rest, but now I'm in trouble. Now I need bed rest. So she said she's just trying to be as healthy as possible. As she goes through her third pregnancy, it's been more difficult than her first two. She said, I will say I'm probably being punished for talking so much about how great the first two went. I was like, oh, yeah, pregnancy is awesome. But now I get it. I get anyone that thinks it's not so awesome, but very happy to be carrying this baby. All right. Now, Warner is allegedly trying to do some more Joker movies. So an insider says that Joaquin Phoenix initially felt Joker was a standalone movie, but he's changed his tune now. He says he wants to play this character again, despite the controversies that came with the release last year. It's still being negotiated, but the scripts are being written, and Joaquin is very engaged with it. I mean, it could get corny only because the prequel to the Joker, which this movie was, it showed, you know, why the Joker became the Joker, which I thought was an interesting take. But I mean, you know... Now the Joker's just gonna be a wild villain. I don't know. I like that. Have those th- I don't know if I like have those same layers though. Yeah, yeah I love it. I like the introduction. But what was the introduction of the Batman movie where he was wilding out, blowing his shell? What 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 Batman movie was that? Batman. Was I don't know. Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Uh, yeah, but uh, that trilogy. Joker was wild. Just imagine if they did a movie on that Joker just being wild. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to. But we've seen that throughout the years. Though. That that's the Joker that's we've seen for time. decades. The reason the reason this movie was so good because it showed how he became that. It showed how he was getting bullied, his mental health issues. Like, this one will be just more of the same old Joker we saw. I don't think it had those layers. I'm fine with that. Well, they're saying there's supposedly two sequels that they're going to plan to make in the next four years. Interesting. All right, now, Wendy Williams has confessed to spying on her neighbor as he showers. Here's what she had to say uh, when she was on with Seth Meyers. And what have you seen uh, of your fellow New Yorkers in doing this? Well... There is a, uh, an apartment building across, and the man takes showers, and the, the uh, shower is right there at the window. And I watch. What are you seeing? I'm assuming the window isn't, uh, you know, a head to toe. No, it's a, it's a head to ankle. Now, Wendy, when I heard you were looking at people with a binocular, I thought it was about passersby, but I feel like what you're doing now is like borderline criminal. <laughs> I peep and I tom. Now, let's talk about double standards. Didn't the man just get fired for making comments about Maria Taylor? So where's the outrage over Wendy Williams' comments? If a man had said that he was uh, uh, using binoculars to peep in on a naked woman, it would be World War Three out here in these streets. I yeah, need it y'all is to be Yes, that's an invasion of privacy lawsuit coming to Wendy Williams. Not only is it a crime, somebody is going to sue her for invasion of privacy. Guaranteed. Absolutely. Using like she really has been not. It's different if you look out the window and see something. And you're like, oh, oops. No, she's, pe- she's a peeping Tom. That's what she is. She's got binoculars. She said it. You can't do she that. She said I peep and I Tom. Uh, mm-hmm. That is an example of oversharing. And um, I think that when you are, you know, worth that that kind of money, you got to keep certain things to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because if I live <laughs> next to her, okay. man, I, I would be I would be traumatized. I would be hurt. I would be scared to walk outside because I feel like people looking at me. I need a couple Let of me million. ask you this, though. Is there is there something wrong with, like, let's say you live in a building or you're staying in a hotel, you're looking out the window, and right across from you, somebody does have the window open, and they are naked doing whatever. What are you supposed to do? I mean, if... if, close, if close you Close your goddamn windows. Don't you don't know, grab like your that. binoculars and now, sit down binoculars and post is, up, is, like she the foul said. part. Yeah, the binoculars is the foul part. Now, if they just doing it, do out your window, out the window, they want you to see that. But if you got to grab binoculars, nah. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was, I was eating the other day at a restaurant at Tilly's in Brooklyn, and there was somebody in a building right there, and she was in the window, and she was taking pictures with the um, ring light naked. And everybody in the restaurant could see her. She was right in the window naked. 
Oh, that's different. Right. It's that, that, that's mm-hmm. totally different. What Wendy said is she grabs binoculars and she peeps uh, on this guy. She peeps and she talks. I remember when Aaron Andrews, um, she was he was mm-hmm. a Fox Sports caster. She had got $55 million because somebody was uh, filmed her, was peeping at her in a hotel well, and filmed yes. her. I don't yeah, think she got yeah, the fifty five million, but she won fifty five million in the lawsuit. So I'm just saying that's an invasion of privacy lawsuit that's going that somebody gonna file against Wendy. Well, one of our producers just said that his uh, neighbor across the street he's a serial masturbator. Now, what does that make you? Like the first time you see him do it, you be like, wow. But how many times are you There's watching? There's no him? way I can avoid it, honestly. Like it's impossible. No way you can avoid it. It's impossible to avoid it. So it you're got a serial. So like you're. A st- you you're look a serial out, masturbator watcher. You look out my living room, and, like, the, his apartment across the way is, like, really close because it's just an alleyway. But I swear, like, his window, I mean, his blinds are always down until my living room lights go on. And then when my living room lights go on, his blinds go up. And I swear he's just laying on his bed going. Oh, so it's you. No, you're his muse. Yeah. He's f***ing off to you, Dan. There's hey, nothing mm-hmm. I can do about it. It is so crazy. <laughs> and, like, my wow. mom will come over, and I'll, like, you know, like, my mom's seen it. It's terrible. Hey, wow. so he fucks he off to your whole family. It's crazy. That's crazy. You're a muse. Well, right, you're, a, well, uh, you're the muse of a masturbator. <laughs> that is your rumor report. All right. Dan, where do you live again? No, just joking. Get it off. Uh, I was going to no, say get it off not. your chest. We got front wow. page news coming up. Dan, get it on your chest. Get it off your chest. <laughs> this guy is crazy. <laughs> we got front page. If you want to go to Dan's house to watch this serial masturbator. I'm joking, man. You, I'm joking. Porn. You got, don't you got Pornhub? I'm joking. <laughs> we got front page news next year. Yes, and let's discuss the weather because we haven't been talking about these hurricanes in Florida and Alabama. What's going on there? All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. We want to pay your bills. Win $1,000 towards your expenses. Thanks to our partner, The General. Get a lot for a little at The General Insurance for coverage you deserve at prices you can afford. Visit thegeneral.com today. Go to breakfastclubonline.com to enter and get rules. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where we starting, Yee? Uh, well, let's start with uh, Hurricane Sally. Now, Sally has threatened the southeast. There's flooding, a lot of misery, they're saying, potentially to come. And it already has touched down in Alabama. There's more than half a million customers without power in Alabama and Florida as of this morning. It's the fourth hurricane to make landfall in the U.S. this year. And it's the most hurricanes we've had by this date in 16 years. Florida, in the meantime, has seen four months of rain in four hours. So they said they had 30 inches of rain in Pensacola. So for them, that would be four months of rain. So there still could be a lot of flooding. It has been uh, downgraded from a hurricane to a tropical uh, depression, mm. a tropical all you storm. Is, a tropical storm yeah. all, all you brothers and sisters, protect yourself. Stay, stay safe the best that you can. Nothing you can do with Mother Nature, baby. All right. Now, city council president, uh, right now, they are trying to figure out what to do in Pennsylvania. The judge is going to be revisiting the $1 million bail that was set for each of several accused rioters. Some of them did end up hiring private attorneys and filing petitions protesting that amount of money, a $1 million bill. At least nine of 13 people who were arrested early Monday after protests over the police shooting of Ricardo Munez. You guys know that uh, Ricardo Munez situation? No, I do not. Tell us. 
Well, this was in Lancaster, and a woman called 911 asking for help on Sunday. Her brother was getting aggressive with the mom, and he was attempting to break into her house. That's when a police officer arrived at the residence, and the man chased the police officer. He had a knife in his hand in a threatening manner, and they shot and killed him. And uh, there's video footage of it and everything. So people, once that video footage was released, they felt like there should have been a better way to handle that, and that's why we need mental health experts on the scene when something like this happens because they said he had some mental health issues. So but there were protests the, the, that were happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even in the mental... Uh, I do agree that they need mental health care workers on the scene, but even they would need some type of backup. So I guess it's just a way of being able to you know, control people who have those fits of rage without killing them. Right. Right, so right now, as they were uh, protesting, and, and there was there was a lot of things going on. The protesters were damaging police vehicles. They shattered the windows of the station's building. They threw glass bottles, rocks, and bricks at the officers. They piled street signs, trash cans, plywood, and trash bags, set them on fire. And these people were, 13 people were arrested. Nine of them had $1 million bill. I mean, y'all got to understand that when you see these situations, they're not isolated situations anymore. These people, you know, that are, you know, going to protest, they're seeing this type of violence happen to black and brown people at the hands of the police all the time via social media. So when it happens in their area, it just hits close to home. But they're going to these, you know, uh, protests with all the rage from all the different killings that they've seen. So... You know, it's really hard, too, as a family member, if you have a, you know, it's her brother. She called the, the police on her brother. She didn't know what to do. And she knew that he had mental health issues. And you don't expect it to end that way. It makes you scared you to think, call the police when you have those issues, you know? You try right, to deal and what with, are you supposed to do? Yourself. Who do you call? Yeah. That's why you need another organization. You need some type of mental health care workers that you can call over to defuse these kind of situations. That's what people keep saying when they talk about, you know, defunding the police and taking some of those resources and putting them into, you know, other places, other avenues. They need right. to empower these people that know how to respond to those type of calls. Beth. All right, and get ready for the PS5, the Xbox Series X. These uh, Xbox Series X, all of these were announced um, yesterday, so get ready to purchase those. Just the in Xbox time for Christmas, is going huh? to, to release worldwide November 10th, and the PS5 is going to come out on November 19th, but it's releasing November 12th in the United States, Japan, Canada, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, and South Korea. So the rest of the world gets it on November 19th. They said there were a lot of issues, though, if you tried to pre-order it and all of that. But if you want to know how much it's going to cost for the PS5, the standard console, which includes a Blu-ray disc driver, it'll cost you $499.99 without it. The digital edition will cost $399.99. And for the Xbox, the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S both have different price points. The Xbox Series X is the most powerful console ever made, according to the company. That's $499, and the S series is $299. Are you getting a free Xbox for that? That sounded too good. That sounded like a great commercial. That sounded like an ad. You getting a free Xbox for that? Tell me right now. Oh, I'm telling you about the PlayStation and the the Xbox. Because I know know people care about those things and want to pre-order them. Especially around Christmas. Everybody's kids, I'm sure, is going to want that as a Christmas gift. I used to have a hookup at Toys R Us. They used to get me everything early or everything when it came out, but Toys R Us is closed. So I don't have to. So if you go to GameStop, you have to go in person to try to pre-purchase that console. Yeah. But, you know, I listen, I already know. Everybody's on it. I wish I loved uh, video games like I used to. I bought an Xbox back in the day, but it was really just to watch uh, my DVDs on because I didn't have a DVD player. What? So I would watch, I would watch Girlfriends. I'd buy a DVD and, player. It would have been cheaper. 
Nah, because a video know. game, you could you could you could do the DVDs. <laughs> you could go online with that with the yeah. Xbox, and then if you want, you can play games. So yeah, maybe maybe more sense. Girlfriends. Girlfriends and Boondocks. On, I used to watch my girlfriend's Boondocks DVDs on my Xbox, and then I would buy like the X, uh, the video games for Xbox that were from Marvel, just because I love Marvel so much. Mm-hmm. Just just to have it on on the TV and be playing around with the controllers, but I don't. I'm not into video games like that. All right. Well, know. what you I are like the into old school is mini voting. Nintendo, though. <laughs> now I know what you guys are into is voting, and I want to remind y'all that there is no action as powerful as casting a vote. So Levi's is teaming up with Rock the Vote. They want to help get as many people as possible registered and ready to vote this fall. So whatever values are most important to you, make sure you get ready to hashtag vote about it. November 3rd is the date. If you need more information on key dates, election reminders, and voters' information, you can get that information from Rock the Vote by texting Levi's to 788-683. That's L-E-V-I-S to 788-683. All right. All right, well, that is your front page news. Now, when we come yes. back, Matt Barnes yes. and Steven Jackson will be join us, joining us. That's of course, right. they have the podcast, All the Smoke. So we're going to be talking about when we come back. That you mm-hmm. can hear on the Black Effect Podcast Network, uh, iHeartRadio. All right. Starting this week. So we'll talk to them when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got some special guests from the All the Smoke podcast. That's right. On to Stephen Jackson. Welcome, fellas. Uh, thanks for having us. Oh, How y'all doing? Ooh, well, congratulations, first of all, on the huge success of All the Smoke. It's been amazing. So I know it's something that you guys enjoy, too. And I think it's always great when you can keep on doing things that you love doing, right? You know, it's been a it's it's been a smooth, fun transition for us. Uh, neither of us really knew what the podcast space was about. Uh, we were both res- respectively working at ESPN and Fox at the time, but we knew that we wanted to get to a place where we could really freely speak and be us. Um, Showtime took a chance on us a little less than a year ago, and you know how now we're here, starting season two, and it's it's been a tremendous blessing. Yeah, I just didn't want to do basketball. I said y'all do everything. Y'all do topics. Y'all do basketball. Y'all do politics. Y'all do music. Yeah. You know, we just don't want to be in this one lane. Right. I think that you know the the, the narrative of sticking to you know shut up and dribble and stick to your sport. You know that that's gone by the wayside. Uh, we've always been citizens of this society. You know what I mean. So we're fathers. We're business owners. We're you know we we hold charities. We give back, and we can also talk about sports. So I think that. Uh, you know, Jack and I have been able to be the few athletes that have really been able to step outside of that sports box and also have solid footing in social justice, you know, what both of us are doing. It. And then, you know, we're both fathers. So we just have a lot of knowledge about a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, we just try to give back and help in those areas. Hey, Steven, you know, you've been on the front lines all year, you know, riding for the good brother George Floyd. You know, was it hard to get back to doing just regular things like like All the Smoke? Uh, nah, because, you know, I, I came on All the Smoke with the same attitude of what I've been doing. I can't let that go. I promised my brother that. So it wasn't hard. So I, mean, I actually was anxious to get back because that's our platform. That's how we control our own narrative. What do you guys think about Steve Nash being the head coach for the Nets? Because you know I got to ask about my Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> it's good. I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, um, obviously, um, a lot of people had a lot of right things to say about black the coaches don't get those good jobs off the rip, which is true. But if a white guy had to get a job, it would be Steve Nash, two-time MVP. Everybody in the NBA loves him. He's low-key one of us, you know, and um, <laughs> for real. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm all for it. I can't go against Steve Nash. If it was any other white guy, 
I probably would put up. <laughs> this dude is crazy. You know what <laughs> now, now, what do you mean when you say low key one of us? Now, what? That sounded to me like he got some uh, some some Negro yeah. tendencies. What tendencies does if he have a boss? Hey, he got some black in him for sure, and, I, and he's and he's one of those guys that ain't willing to speak up before we even speak up on our behalf. When I when I was drafted. In 97, he was my vet. I, they, are, they had already cut me from the team, Charlemagne. But one thing about him, he kept me up under his wing. He made sure I was straight. He made sure I didn't have to spend my money. You know what I mean? So you don't get that from white guys too much, especially with black people. No, he's yeah, he's a great dude. You know, I got a chance to play with him and, and get to know him well. And it's just really about in this game. I mean, like Jack said, although, you know, black coaches aren't afforded the opportunity to step into a situation with two superstars with a playoff team. But Steve Nash is, is, is although he doesn't have any coaching to uh, – resume you know he's he, he's someone that was with that golden state team uh you know as, as a special coach and, and developed a relationship with uh, kd uh you know he's tight with the gm so it's really about who you know you know and, and his vast knowledge of the game is definitely going to help that young team uh you know get to where they're trying to go what do you guys think about the clippers and the clippers uh moving so fast like that's surprising that hurt, <laughs> I, 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 that hurt my soul man i've been a part of that that clipper curse you man me, brother and, you owe me yeah, whatever. It's, it, it's unfortunate, man. You know, you we we've had you know Lob City teams in 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 2013 to 16 that that we really felt should have made that jump to a championship, and we hit that second second round roadblock. You know, we had the same similar situation. We was up three one against Houston, looking at Golden State already. They sit James Harden down in the third quarter, and these motherfuckers come back and beat the brakes off us, and then beat us four straight games. So. I don't know what's going on. I don't, they might need to change that team name, get to a new arena, which Bomber's building, and just start all over. They need a completely fresh start, man, because that Clipper thing is just tarnished. You think the Clippers are cursed, man? You were you I think so. played for them? Yes. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I think well, I, I, I think that the living ghost of Donald Sterling just haunts the haunts the team. You know what I mean? It's it's just been in the toilet ever since he touched it. Fortunately, the NBA got him up out of there and got a great odor in Steve Ballmer, but they still have the same name, same energy, same narrative. So I think they need to change the team name. I know they're building a new arena in Inglewood and just get a fresh start with that new arena. Like, let the Clippers burn, get a new yeah, name. I don't, I don't wish death on nobody. I just, I, just, <laughs> I think that, I, much like my Cowboys, I think the owners, ha uh, Donald Sterling has to pass away in order for the basketball guy to bless the Clippers because they don't even want him to be able to witness a Clippers right. championship. Right, yeah. So we wait. We all waiting on that. Now, now, Steven, you said you felt like the NBA was going to be a, a distraction. Do you, do you still feel that way? I honestly feel like they still would accomplish more without playing. Matt was right. They, they did keep the attention on this, uh, the, uh, uh, the situation at the task at hand with, with everything going on. But like I said, we're not going to see anything different from a Black Lives Matter on the, on, on the court or I, I Can't Breathe t-shirt. And that's what we saw. And I told them before it started, it was going to be a situation that happens that's going to make y'all want to stop playing, so why go? And I was right. But what what, I, what bothered me was when they had that power, they gave it right back. So uh, from, from what I said to now, I understood what Matt said because I did see them keeping attention on what the, 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 uh, the task at hand. But also when they had the power and they gave it back by playing, it was all for nothing there for me. Yeah, I don't think they had a plan. I think, I think it was an emotional response to what happened. And Kenosha, which which I which was right, but I don't think they had a plan moving forward. They didn't know what to do next. 
I don't think, uh, and to be honest with you, Charlamagne, I don't think anyone has a plan. You know what I mean? And I, I think as a community, as a culture, and not just the black community, we all need to have a plan because the first time in 400 years they're listening. You know, so for, for me looking at it, I don't think it's just the NBA's job to have a plan and everyone think that NBA is going to end, eradicate, uh, you know, eradicate racism and, and make cops stop hating us and killing us. That's not going to happen. That's going to take all of us. Um, but what I will say, and, and like Jack touched on, I just thought the bubble would be good because we're always going to be able to hear from LeBron. He's got a tremendous platform and tremendous outreach but then would you have heard from you know doc rivers emotional plea would you have heard fred fred van pleats plea would you have heard george hill's plea i just think the message traveled farther when they had that nba logo behind them and although so far it's been just you know names on the court and names on the back of the jersey you know I, i've talked to chris paul and i know that they're really trying to make some real change in these cities uh you know but it's going to take some time and and what i try to tell people is everything we're fighting for now whether it's the nba whether it's us as a community we're not really going to reap the benefits we're not really necessarily they're going to see the change. It's going to be a process, but I think everything we're fighting for now, our kids are going to see and their kids are going to see. So that's why we got to continue, you know, to, to, to keep 10 toes down. But it's going to take more than the NBA. It's going to take all of us to come up with and devise a plan and, and have a strategy and strategically execute it. All right, we got more with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Charlemagne? Does the NBA want players to be outspoken? Do they want Matt Hunters? Yeah. Do they want Steven yeah. Jackson's in the NBA? No, no, no. They, they, they want Steven Jackson's voice. They don't want his passion. Okay. They want him to say the right things that fits the narrative so it won't mess up the game. But if I went, if I went and I was the only one that said, I'm not playing, I'm walking out, they wouldn't want that. What do you think about changing the name of ownership to, like, a governor's? I guess they're trying to do that, so it doesn't sound like these are owners of the team. I don't. I, I think sometimes we're reaching too much. Yeah. You know what I mean, that, they're just that, that's their money. They own the team. <laughs> but what I would like to see, like I said, I don't need that. They are the owners. But I would like to, you know, see the opportunity for more minorities to get not only into basketball but all sports because there are groups that have money for for for, for proper funding. But it's a good old boy system. It's that oil money, that old real estate money, and it's a tight-knit group, you know. So once these people die off, hopefully they don't hand it to their kids. They allow other people, you know, hopefully some minorities to come up in this game and, and give us a real opportunity to have some ownership because we have people that are willing and ready. What are your thoughts on the bubble? I meant to ask. What are your thoughts on the bubble? You think you guys could play with no fans and no crowd and just like nope. it's a in the park? But the, to me, to me, hey, with Charlotte, well, go ahead, Jack. You can finish, but what Charlotte made was the most important thing, but carry on. I'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> me personally, me personally, Charlemagne, I've always played the game growing up, whether it was nobody at the games or not. I played for the love of the game. A lot of guys, you got guys now, they more famous for other things than actually playing basketball. I know how hard it took me to get to the NBA and the road I took. So I would love to play in front of fans because you're still in the NBA, you're still getting paid. And mm-hmm. it's just like a, it's just like an AAU tournament. And that's the, and that's why any team can win. There's no home court advantage. Mm-hmm. Everybody in there, can't nobody go out and hang out and be tired in the next guy, which they shouldn't be. But that's why you see the Nuggets winning and stuff like that, different teams winning because they're all in one place like an AAU tournament and everybody's preparing the same way. We're creatures of habit. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, with, you know, Paul George coming out and speaking on his mental health, you know, not being able to see family, not being able to see his kids kind of stuck, isolated in the bubble. I talked to Chris Paul and he just said it was, you know, although it's a great situation, it's still a bubble. And, and considering everything going on in the world, you're really stuck in this confined in this area. We've always been able to move freely and do what we want. 
You know what I mean? So to have to stay in this situation, I don't want no one feeling bad for him, but I just know personally talking to some guys, it was tough. But, uh, you know, me, sex for that, without having sex that long, I might be blind right now trying to beat my so much. So I don't really know how I would have, uh, I'm serious. How I I'm, I'm dead ass serious. Cause like I said, we're really creatures of habit. You know what I mean? When I was playing, sex was part of my routine. Do not go blind from masturbating, okay? Don't. Hey, that's what I that's what I heard. So I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> How important is sex when you play? Like I said, it's part of our routine. You know, it was a part of my. I mean, I played 15 years. It was just a part of my routine. Like I said, it wasn't every single day and a bunch of, but it was definitely a part of my routine, a part of my relaxation, a part of my recovery, a part of my off day. It was just a part of what really goes on. And I, I know I'm not speaking just for myself. So to be able to just really take you away from that, take you away from your kids, take you away from if you have families, take you away from the outside world. I'm sure it was just a little, you know, obviously a little bit of, you know. Whatever they had to do, they had to adjust. You had to acclimate to, to their new surroundings. Now, there was a play that got suspended, right? He actually, the girl that was doing the testing, she went into his hotel room. But I felt she's safe. She's, she's safe. Room. I think they overreacted on that because, like I said, she was safe. She wasn't monitoring tests. And it, the NBA knew what they were doing. If they didn't want a situation like that, they would have had men doing everything or, or women that maybe weren't as attractive doing everything. But you're putting attractive oh women... You know, you're putting women around, you know, it's like being locked up and, you know, them security guards start looking good after, you know, a couple months, couple weeks, couple years. So it's just like you tempt them with anything and it's, it's going to be a tough play. But I agree with you, MP. You know, she's in there. She's safe already. So he's not really risking anything except, unfortunately, you know, I heard he has a girl or he's married to some situation like that. So that, that, that was tough, but she was safe. They couldn't do two months in jail. They complaining about the bubble. That is late. <laughs> they got five-star restaurants, all kind of stuff. And then how could you complain for being up for two, three months to play basketball and get a check? Y'all babies. That's real. Ain't no reason to complain about that. We have mental health and all that. Man, look, I'm sensitive. I'm sensitive to mental health. Uh, uh, Paul George was just broke. His game was broke all playoffs. You know what I'm saying? That's just what it is. When, when, hey, when you're in a bubble like that, you focus more because you have less outside distractions. So all that other they're trying to make excuses for y'all games were just off. How has this podcast built y'all friendship? Man, we've yeah. always been cool. You know, we uh, we knew each other and played against each other for, you know, a couple of years. But then he came to Golden State in 07. And uh, we had that We Believe run where we, you know, made NBA history shock the world. But uh, in the process, I lost my mom uh, to cancer. And uh, Jack was the one person every single day that was pulling up on me, smoking with me, bringing me food, asking me if I was good. Um, you know, our, our moms made an instant connection and instant friendship. So, you know, we went from teammates to, 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 to friends to, to brothers uh, during that process. So that's why it feels to me, it feels great to be able to get money with this dude off the court because we was getting money together on the court. And now we get money off the court and so many new doors are opening um through this podcast so it, it's been a, it's been a real blessing Did y'all ever fight each other Did y'all ever get into a, such a, a big argument where y'all just said let's let's move this furniture and, and throw each other around i think it would be dope we haven't but i think we both smoke too much to really want to get that mad at each other but i think it would be a good fight and you think we win hey Charlamagne, i don't even get that mad no more i got my teeth done so i ain't trying to go back <laughs> <laughs> Good, Charlemagne. I ain't going back and forth with nobody. <laughs> All right, we got more with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Charlemagne? You know what's so crazy about you and Steven? Even though y'all have done so many other things, 
your legends are linked to putting hands on somebody. <laughs> Both of y'all. They remember Steven running in the crowd. Cause I, I watch that at least once every few months. <laughs> you going to choke Derek Fish. Yeah, it's that's real to be happening sometimes. That's what people don't understand. Like I think, I think Jack and I both, we, you know, we obviously we're men before we're anything. First and foremost, you know what I mean. So both of our situations, you know, we, he had his teammates back. That's his brother, so he was gonna fight for him. In my situation, like motherfucker get killed for that like that in the in the real world. So just because I'm a basketball player, I'm not letting that slide because I'm a man first. So although I don't condone and promote violence, just sometimes it, you know life puts that on your plate. And you gotta handle it. When you go back and watch that night, Stephen, in, 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 in the palace, what goes through your mind? Because you really are the, the person that set everything off. Now that I look, look at it, we were racially profiled. <laughs> <laughs> How many people you know can get a bill thrown at them in a professional sport and they get fined? They get fined, yeah, for real. We was defending ourselves. Ron was on the court. I was on the court. A beer came out and assaulted Ron. You know, in a lot of states, that's assault. Absolutely. So we defended ourselves, and we ended up getting fined. But now I look at it like that now. But back then, I was just having my teammate back. We all knew it was a it was a split second for Ron to do anything. Right. I walked into a robbery, but I'm, I'm a rider that don't check the mileage. You know what I'm saying? Where Ron went, I didn't even think twice. And as you and when I went in the stand, Charlemagne. I grabbed Ron. If you look at the tape, I grabbed Ron first initially. But then another guy threw another beer in his face. So I had to take the face off. I had to. He wasn't getting away with that. You know what I'm saying? And that's the only, that's really the only punch I threw when he threw another beer. But the NBA never talked about that. At the time, they just wanted to implement the dress code and do anything they can stemming from that incident to help the league. You know what I'm saying? They didn't even look at how the players was treated at the time. You do a good ass punch though. That's why I say every, that's why I say you the one who really set it off because everybody that was, was a clean that was, was a clean right. I was able to plant. I was able to plant. He planted. <laughs> <laughs> and he had, he had he had his ankles taped so he didn't slip. Lucky they grabbed me because it was going to be a uh, a stump session. Goodness gracious! What, what was NBA life like after that though, Steven? Did they give you a hard time? Did they want you back in the league? What was it yeah, like? It, it was a hard time for the rest of my career, Charlamagne. I should have been all at least three four times. Mm -hmm. I didn't make it. I went. I went to the Charlotte Bobcats and made them the number one defense in the league and made the playoffs for the first time. I didn't get nothing. First wow. defense, but it was all because of the brawl, and I knew that. But me being recognized as a lawyer guy, somebody who ride for their teammates, and me miss all them accolades, I take that. Y'all got the last interview with Kobe Bryant. Yeah, like like that's that goes down in the history books. Like, well, what, how does that feel when you think back on that moment? Was there any energy that you felt like you know? If you, if you see the video of us driving toward to, to we were like two kids. For me, this is somebody I I, start, I idolized at 13. We we in the same class, same McDonald's game, everything. So I seen this in him as a as a teenager. He was different then. McDonald's game, I tell this to everybody. All the top players took a solo picture with Kobe. Wow. Everybody else got group pictures, but we all took a solo because we knew he was different. We knew he was gonna be special. And um I'm just I'm just honored to say we had that last interview and um he said some things to me and Matt that he's been wanting to say to us because he ain't seen us in a while. And uh, I'm glad I was able to get that before he passed. Wow. Yeah, and, you know, my situation was different. You know, Cole came to L.A. in 96. I came to L.A. in 98 at UCLA. So, you know, Cole, when Cole first started, he wasn't playing. So he was always up on the UCLA campus walking around, working out. So I got a chance to kind of sneak back into our gym and watch him work out and be like, God damn, my is Cole. So I just kind of always 
he was the bar for me. You know, I knew it. like if I'm gonna be able to play in this league, I'm gonna have to be able to guard someone like him. So my what kind of became first was a fan, and then you know became competitive. You know, going at each other, and then came to a head in 2010 in, in Orlando with the ball fake. And what people think after that, I mean, that was about to be a real fight. You know, I was tired of the bullshit. I was ready to fight him. It was getting close to the playoffs, and and, and that t particular situation, you know, turned into him calling me uh, that summer. Um, I was actually on my way to Miami. I was a free agent. I was gonna go, the big, the LeBron and Chris Bosh were going right up the road to Miami. So I was on the phone with Pat Riley and D Wade, talking about coming to Miami. And then out the blue, I get a call from a number I don't even know. And for some reason, I answered, and it was cold. And, he, you know, he's just like, anyone crazy enough to f*** with me is crazy enough to play me. You want to be a Laker. And, like, three days later, I was a Laker. You know, so through that, we became teammates, then brothers, and we got the chance to know each other off the court. So he and I were very close. You know, he, my, my, my kids called him Uncle Cole. They started getting shoes from him at, like, three years old. Uh, you know, he coached Gigi. I coached my twins in AAU. So I would see Cole every other weekend. And the craziest part about it was, was he sent his newest shoe to my kids that Tuesday because we had a tournament that Grammy weekend, and uh, he died on that Sunday. So he, we got his latest shoe on Tuesday. We went up to the Bay for this tournament, and championship Sunday morning, we found out that he had died. So that was devastating to me and my kids. He, he, don't, he didn't <clears throat> let a lot of people in. So <clears throat> what yes, do you think it was? In. What, what do you think about your relationship that he, that he let you in? I, I mean, I just think, you know, when you get a chance to sit down and be with someone, you know, we were teammates, so we saw each other every single day, and then we were both going through some personal life stuff at the time too so we were you know not only playing but we were out in the la streets you know kobe was the one that put me on you know put me in these these big hollywood rooms and in these doors with with people that i would have never had an opportunity to be around so we really got a chance to know each other off the court and and kobe was cool you know i heard that he was a certain way but you got to think you know he went straight to the league so he never really had that college experience to grow up and kind of up before you're on the biggest stage you know so he up and grew up in front of our eyes and that's what I respected because he just kept trying to evolve and kept trying to so by the time he and I became teammates in 2011 you know he was a completely different person from what I heard he was and you know I, I judged him off of what I knew and we became real cool and real close and you know like I said that'll always be my brother wow. he uh, he never smoked with me. That was always my thing. Like, and he told me as soon as we win, as soon as we win one, you know, I'm, I'm gonna smoke with you. But I seen some. I, I seen a picture with him one time with Snoop. Exactly. And either, he, either he was crying or they got it in. So I never personally saw saw him smoke. Uh, but who's to say? Uh, I'm not sure. We have to ask Snoop if that happened. <laughs> yeah, Snoop said. Snoop said he can't tell. Snoop said he know he'll never tell because Kobe no longer here. That, I did. That's happen. right. That's, that's what's up. Look at Kobe eyes. You can kind of get your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, new episodes are out today, and we appreciate you. And I, and I got to thank um, Steven, and I got to thank Matt, man, for partnering with uh, me. Oh, uh, no doubt. And iHeartRadio, you know, the All The Smoke podcast. I'm glad we could get that business right and make that happen because, you know, I, I love I love the All The Smoke podcast. So we no. partnered with y'all. We appreciate you, man. You was one of the first phone calls I made. You know, Charlotte, man, we look up to you in this space and what you guys as a breakfast club have been able to do for our culture. So we definitely appreciate that. So when things started getting funny, right, when we were free agents in this space, you were the first person I called. And, you know, you let me know what you had going on and, and about the iHeart family. And, and it's crazy, you know, a couple months later, you know, now we're on the same team under the same umbrella. So like I told you, you know, what I texted you the other day, we not only want to be on your space, we want to help you grow that. So let's strategize and, and try to make, you know, the black effect as big as we possibly can. Yeah, I want, I want I want, to see the All The Smoke <clears throat> Network. You a leader. And us as black men, we got to put our pride to side. When we see our brother lead, get behind him. We know he's going the right direction. So the, the fact that we can be with you to help build us and to build you, my brother, it's an honor, dog. 
Black kings okay. got to empower each other, man. One last thing I wanted to ask y'all before we get out of here is if you guys were in the bubble and you had to choose between weed and sex, what would you pick? Weed, of course. Damn, weed. Damn. Oh. Damn, weed and a lot of lotion, I guess. That's fucked up question. <laughs> I, I, I gotta I gotta go weed because my pullout game ain't terrible. So I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got a. I, I mean, you see, I got almost twenty thousand child support because I'm the worst pullout person in the history. So, yeah, but that's that's a, the only thing I'm taking in front of uh, weed is my kids. So outside of that, everything else is is secondary. All right. A question: When y'all was on the road, y'all would sleep with a lot of women on the road, like women in different cities, random. I, I had my share. <laughs> they retired my. Let me see. They retired my <laughs> at your city. You better ask about. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, touche, touche. We had yeah. our fun. Y'all premiere on Showtime on the what? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, the 17th. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. First guest, yep. Allen Iverson. No, so tomorrow will be the Welcome Back episode. So we're going to cover everything that's been going on since we stopped. We're also covering, you know, the anti-Semitic stuff that, that went with Jack. We want to be real and transparent and continue to show our growth and understanding and our love. So our first episode tomorrow is just going to be a Welcome Back, and then we got Chuck after that. Word. And then you can catch the All the Smoke podcast on the Black Effect Podcast Network on iHeartRadio, okay? They're getting all the checks. Showtime, iHeart, Black Effect. We're doing our thing. We're doing our thing out here. God is good. Run it up. Appreciate y'all, man. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, uh, the biggest virtual music festival in 2020 is happening tomorrow and Saturday. The iHeartRadio Music Festival, Alicia Keys, Usher, Migos, and more, all right? Now, uh, all you got to do is listen on iHeartRadio, or you could watch it on the CW app tomorrow and Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. I'm kind of upset because usually we go every year, and we always have a great time in Vegas, but it's not happening this year. Yes, Vegas is always a good time. Mm-hmm. Vegas, for me, uh, the iHeart Festival is always the start of the holiday season. Once that happens, once we go to the iHeart Festival, it feels like the holidays just start rolling from there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the rumors. Let's talk a WNBA. Let's get married. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, Maya Moore has already gotten married a couple of months ago, and that is to the man that she helped free from prison, Jonathan Irons. She was on Good Morning America, and she talked about her new marriage and how they actually had their feelings for one another grow as they were working together to prove his innocence. Here's what she had to say. So I met Jonathan when I was 18. I was about to be a freshman at UConn, and uh, my Mm -hmm. godparents and my great uncle uh, introduced me to him and his story and his case being wrongfully convicted. He had been in prison over a decade at that point, and so I was just interested in learning, got to know him, and over the last 13 years, we have just developed a friendship and just entered into this huge battle to get him home. And uh, just over time, it was it was pretty clear what the Lord was doing in our hearts. And uh, now we're sitting here today, starting a whole new chapter together. Now, if you you recall, we talked about this. Maya Moore actually gave up her basketball season to help prove his innocence. Mm-hmm. So that was part of the reason why she decided uh, not to play. That's dope, man. They got married. That's mm-hmm. dope. He came home you with all they... that f- fresh out of jail PP. That's, okay. that's that's love right there. What, that fresh yeah, out of Go ahead, Envy. 13. No, the fact <laughs> that she got him out and got years. married. You're the only one thinking about pee-pee this early in the morning, brother. <laughs> yeah, so they knew each other for 13 years. Man. Hello, guys. 
I'm sorry. All right. All right, now, Carol Baskin. You know PP distracts us, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> guys, Carol crazy, Baskin, man. we told you about her on Dancing with the Stars and how they aired a commercial with the family wanting to find her missing ex-husband, Don Lewis. Well, mm -hmm. she says that she's on board with the commercial that aired during Dancing with the Stars, even though people suspect that she's involved in his disappearance. Here's what she has to say. The commercial for Don Lewis aired on Monday. Are you hoping that maybe this will help find Don Lewis? That would be wonderful if that yes. was a side benefit. All right. I don't know. She people, if y'all watch Tiger King, yeah, I don't know if she had anything to do with it or not, but everyone suspects. She just what that would really be psychotic if she's the one that had something to do with his uh, disappearance and then she's just moving about her business. Oh, I hope they find the, whatever happened to him. That, that's how most sociopaths do, though. Most sociopaths, most psychopaths, they do something and they kind of I don't know if they forget that they did it or they just have the ability to act like they didn't do it. All right. Terry Crews says that you aren't black and successful unless you've been called a coon. Now, the reason why he said this is it all started with Kanye West, and we'll get into Kanye West tweets in a second. He was asking for solidarity for all men, regardless of race. He said, I have the utmost respect for all brothers. We need to link and respect each other. No more dissing each other on labels we don't own. Now, Terry Crews uh, responded to a fan who said that they were going to call Kanye the C word like they've done in the past with Terry Crews. And Terry Crews responded, you are not officially black and successful until they do. Oh, I mean, it's, it's something to that. I mean, even though you can you can also be black and successful and truly be a coon. But yes, when you are black and successful, you do get called a coon. You do get called uh, an Uncle Tom. You can get called a sellout, a member of the Illuminati. You can get called, you know, gay. You got the way you are because you've been gay for play. Like I'm gay for pay or play. I don't know. Something. Something mm -hmm. with gay. Gay for play. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what would gay for play mean? be? Hold on. Gay I for don't play know. is when what, you gay for money. Gay for play is when you gay for video games. Boom. All right. Now, Kanye, since we're talking about Kanye's tweets, he was posting about a Universal Music Group, which is the parent company to Good Music and Def Jam. He said, here are my 10 Universal contracts. I need every lawyer in the world to look at these. I have to tweet page by page. The PDF is not loading on Twitter. This moment is going to change the music industry for good. I feel so humbled and blessed that God has put me in a strong enough position to do this. Everyone keep praying. It's working. I am on my knees this morning. I wonder if Universal is going to call me. I promise I have more ideas. I will not stop. I promise you on God. He also posted a video of himself urinating on his, uh, on his Grammy. I know you, you know, guys um, saw that. Yeah, I seen him do yeah. I, you know, I mean, what Kanye is saying about music contracts is essentially right, but my brothers, my sisters, nobody is forcing y'all to sign those sign contracts. Deals. <laughs> like, and, this, and, like and, this, and this is what people and this is what people do that I hate, right? They always talk mm -hmm. about ownership. Ownership, I gotta own this, you should own this, you should own this. But you also mm -hmm. gotta think about it like this. A lot of these artists were nothing when they came out, right? The label mm -hmm. invested into these artists' lives, they gave them budgets, they gave them money for albums, for marketing and all that. When your album is done and you finish your contract, you can renegotiate or you don't have to re-sign with the label. You don't have to yeah. sign to a label. Well, a lot of times people sign a longer deal than just an album, too, by the way. Yeah, but That's whose true. fault is that? You don't yeah, have to do Labels don't really want to invest in you because you got to think for artists that blow up, there's 20 that don't. And so Correct. normally it's if a, a label a signs and invests in you, they're not going to sign you for one album usually because then they invest all that and then you go and sign somewhere else. So you got to understand both sides of it. If you decide to sign a deal, Absolutely. a label's not going to say, I'll sign you to this. But Hip Boy responded. 
Now, mm-hmm. it's interesting what he had to say, right? Hey, boy said, I haven't been a fan of Kanye on a personal human level since he told me face to face he stopped picking my beats because I worked with Beyonce. This is after I produced M-Words in Paris, Click, and a myriad of other songs, projects for him and his label Good Music in the two years I was signed with them. This tweet is something I can't agree with, though. And he's talked about Universal has held me in what the last three lawyers I've hired have referred to as the worst publishing contract they've ever seen since I was 19 years old. I'm 33 now and have multiple Grammys, produced a lot of your favorite artists' biggest songs on top of turning in over 450 records since I first signed. And Universal still doesn't have it in them to simply be fair. If they're doing this to me with all I've accomplished through hard work, I can only imagine the kids who don't have big placements, proper guidance. If I have to be the one to get blackballed for telling the truth and trying to set the next generation free, then so be it. By the way, I produced 10 plus joints on the current number one album in the country, D2. Yeah, I mean, listen, when you're young and get got, uh, I can understand that. But smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from the mistakes of others. We've been watching artists get jerked in the music industry for years. Wouldn't Mm -hmm. at some point you get in this game, you would find some lawyer that really has your best interests at heart so you don't make these mistakes. And I always say talk to the people who've done it. You know what I mean? About how to do it. LL Cool J owns his masters. Stevie Wonder owns his masters. Rihanna owns her masters. Jeezy owns his masters. Hove owns oh, his masters. Ross, yeah, yeah J- Ross owns J- his masters. Like, Jay-Z these guys own their masters. masters. Yeah, they own their oh. masters. But like I said, people are scared to have a conversation. When it comes to something, let's say, in television, I call Charlemagne. You know why? Because this is what he does. I call I 50 call, because this is what they do. I call people that I have to ask. I called you last night because I'm I'm selling a property. And I got an offer on a property. I'm like, let me make sure this is a, a good deal. I called right, Envy. That's, that's what Envy does. That's what, That's what you you're do. supposed That's what to do. Supposed to do. Yeah. All right, well, Wale also responded and said, vicious backdoor-ish be going on in this business. The gag is when your lawyer and manager are old friends, and you didn't know that until you signed <laughs> some BS, guy. and now folks wonder why you angry all the time. Y'all only going to feel who y'all want to feel, though. Hate my management situation for like two years now. I just love my fans more. One out of ten of these folks be genuine. Sometimes the signs be directly in your face. Artists in situations where they're cornered in, this ish be dark. I'm not laughing at Wale. I'm laughing at Vicious and Backdoor in the same tweet. Because when I hear Vicious and Backdoor in the same tweet, I think of Envy and the Dildo. Right. And he, you know, the whole, right. But listen, right. I feel like some right. of this might be self-serving uh, in regards to Kanye because he wants his masters. And mm-hmm. um, am I tripping? Didn't Kanye just resign the Dev Jam? Yes. Yes, like two years ago, a year and a half ago, two years ago, I think it was. I thought that was this year. I thought they signed. I thought when they signed Public Enemy, they resigned Kanye. Maybe I'm just talking. I don't know. Maybe I, I thought I heard I that I thought it was somewhere. a year ago. And isn't he trying to sell good music to Def Jam? Yeah, I know he's not doing good music yes, anymore. So. Yes. So why would you be selling your artist to the same label that you're complaining about trying to get your masters from? I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I just want people to start actually talking to the people who've done it about how, how to do it. Plenty of artists out there who own their own masters. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. That's why I'm a fan of short-term it. deals, man. I don't like having to sign a long deal. I like to do the shortest deal possible, always. Yeah, you keep them on. All right, now we got Donkey Today coming up. Yes, and I need uh, Brian Sazi. He's the editor at large at Yahoo Finance to come to the front of the congregation. We need to have a little cultural uh, cultural history lesson real quick. Let's talk, Brian. All right. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Just don't be a donkey, because right now you want some real donkey shit. It's time for Donkey of the Day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, hit me with the heat. Did she get donkey today? Please tell me. I have become donkey of the day. The Breakfast Club, bitches. You're a donkey. 
donkey of the day for Thursday, September 17th goes to the editor-at-large and co-anchor of Yahoo Finance's The First Trade Live morning show, Brian Sazi. Brian, 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 Brian. I will never call someone ignorant, okay, for what they don't know, but I will call you ignorant if you're not willing to learn. Now, I read a headline from you yesterday that I had to put on my Instagram page because it was so completely culturally clueless that it was disgusting. You can go look at it for yourself. My Instagram is C-T-H-A-G-O-D. It's the last post I put up. It's one of those moments where you realize why diversity matters so much because when you have the large reach that a Yahoo Finance does and you put out this type of misinformation, it's just straight up erasure. Straight up not acknowledging what culturally someone has done. I would go so far as to say this is a colonizer's way of seeing the world because when you are a white, privileged male, you have cultural blind spots because you don't have to pay attention to everybody else. And everything you do see that's a first for you since you are an almighty, all-knowing white man must be a first for everyone else, right? In this case, it's not about a first. It's about something that has been a staple in black hip-hop New York culture for years. Okay, what am I talking about, ladies and gentlemen? I'm talking about Timberlands. No, not the legendary producer and one of the architects of the versus battle. I'm talking about Tim's. Classic, wheat-colored, double soles only, six-inch premium, waterproof, waterproof hiking boots that most of us have never hiked in in our lives. Have you ever hiked in a pair of boots, Envy? Pair of Timberlands. No. No. Yeah, have you ever hiked in a pair of Timberlands? I've never hiked, period. Okay. Now, now I don't know if y'all <laughs> saw yesterday, but Senator uh, Kamala Harris, Senator and Vice Presidential nominee <laughs> Kamala Harris, she visited firefighters and toured the scene of the California wildflowers in Fresno, wildfires in Fresno yesterday. And when she stepped off the private jet, she made culturally clueless people of all races go nuts. Okay, let me read you some of these tweets about Kamala Harris and, and, and her Tims. And I put Tims in air quotes. BT. The network that told Envy that he wasn't black enough posted a video of Senator Harris getting off the private jet with the caption, stepping off the jet with the wheat Tims. Hurry up and register to vote. Hashtag Kamala Harris, hashtag vote. I'm disappointed in whoever wrote that tweet uh, from BET because y'all should know better, and I'll tell you why in a second. A young lady named At Lady Nina said, how you roll up to save the country, hashtag Kamala Harris, hashtag Tims. AJ Delgado tweeted out, is she wearing Tims on the campaign trail? And that swagger, the ultimate cool girl. Sarah Pearl on Twitter said, she wears Tims too. And Karen Jean-Pierre from the Biden campaign posted the video of Kamala getting off the jet, and she simply put, the Tims. Now, Brian Sazi, I need you to be paying attention right now because, like I said, it's not what you don't know that makes you ignorant. It's what you are not willing to learn. See, after all that excitement people had over Senator Kamala Harris wearing Tims, and I still have Tims in air quotes, Brian wrote an article for Yahoo Finance. The headline of that article said, Kamala Harris may have made Timberland boots cool again. I repeat, Brian Sazi, editor-at-large for Yahoo Finance, wrote an article that said, Senator Kamala Harris, who I love, by the way, may have made Timberlands cool again? Wow. I've been reading all these articles about New York being dead, but this headline is really taking the Big Apple disrespect to another level. Since when have Tims not been cool? 
Okay, Brian, I know you're the, you're the editor at large at Yahoo Finance, but it has to be at least one person of the culture who works at Yahoo Finance who is looking at this headline today in disgust and is complaining about the fact that y'all don't know what the hell y'all talking about in regards to culture up there at Yahoo Finance. Brian, we live in a world now where you can really treat our culture like a safari based on who you follow on social media. If you follow people from, you know, uh, 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 various, okay, cultures. If you follow people from various cultures, you will see how disgusted people who know culture were over Kamala Harris's Tims. Don't listen to the political liberal crowd, white or black, because they are culturally clueless too. That's why they don't know how to communicate their messaging to the American people. That is why there is a disconnect now, okay? And Senator Kamala Harris's Tims prove it, okay? Let's go look at the other side of Twitter, shall we? My man, Master Ace. Master Ace is from Brooklyn, right? Master Ace said, and I quote, those are not Tims. Even if Timberland made those shoes, I, as a native New Yorker, must repeat, those are not Tim's. No need for Master Ace to explain. If you know, you know. Randy C. Millard posted a meme of DJ Samaro saying, F out of here with the caption Kamala Harris had on the wrong Tim's. A brother named at NFL Malik on Twitter said, I'm really dying laughing still at them Kamala Harris Tim's. He, he too put Tim's in air quotes. And the fact that so many people from outside the culture are celebrating them joints as a relating point, not knowing all Tim's ain't good Tim's. That right there sums up today's donkey of the day in a tweet. Brian Sazi of Yahoo Finance wrote a whole article saying Kamala Harris may have made Tim's cool again, as if Tim's have ever been anything less than cool. Brian wrote in his article, what better validation of Timberland's ruggedness mixed with comfort than Senator Harris's entire day in them. Don't talk to me about comfort and ruggedness of Timberland's if you have not found a way to wear them year-round like my brother Wax or my man is Biscuit. Until you've worn Tim's on the beach like Wax and Is Biscuit and Deezus from Deezus and Merrill, don't tell me about ruggedness mixed with comfort. Okay, Brian Sazo said, what better signal to shoppers that Tim's could be cool again Maybe not early 90s cool, but cool now that Harris is wearing a sneaker-like version of the iconic footwear. That right there is the problem, Brian. Sneaker-like version of Tim's. We don't do that. Okay, no. just go read under my comments on Instagram. All right, Sim. Our Sim here at iHeart says, it looks like she has on the single soul Tim's blasphemy. Rocky Thunder said, those the Burlington Coat Factory butters. Willie Word. D from the Ghetto Boys said in reference to you, Brian, his mama should be embarrassed and his daddy should have pulled out. No more talk. My man Eugene, who works at the NAACP, said, and I quote, if we weren't fighting 45, she would have lost my vote on the lace-up alone. Poor mm -hmm. Senator Kamala Harris was cutting off all circulation to her ankles the way she had those boots tied, like she really had them tied, like she was going to work on somebody's construction site. The moral of the story is, Tim's have always been cool, Brian. In fact, Jimmy Choo released a collab with Tim's this week. Real Tim's, the six-inch wheat premium joints, not whatever Senator Harris had on. And that's not her fault, but clearly she don't have anyone around her to tell her what Tim's to rock and how to rock them. If you are watching us on Revolt TV, please, please, Revolt, put up this picture of AOC, okay? Do you see that picture of AOC up on the screen? That's her with Jesus and Meryl. That's the kind of Tim's you rock, and that is how you rock them, okay? That was last year. I, I believe, right? I think that was last year. You know why she had those on last year, Brian? Because Tim's have always been cool. <laughs> Please let Chelsea Handler give Brian Sazi of Yahoo Finance the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw. That is way too much Dan Mayonnaise.
Jesus Christ. And on another note, I don't know if y'all saw the Tims that Megan Thee Stallion posted, the Jimmy Choo collaboration. Now, those are pretty nice. And you just mentioned those, yeah. Those, those, those are 1,300. He just mentioned those. Yeah. Remy Martin posted them as well. I saw Remy yeah, had them on, too. Those are fresh. We need to send Kamala Harris some... The, Can the we right send Kamala Harris some of those? Yeah. Yeah, we Word. need to send her the right Tims to wear, because what she Listen. was wearing, like 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 she said, those are the Burlington Coat Factory specials. You, know, you know who else had some nice Tims last year? I think it was Off-White. Was it Off-White that had the Tims? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they do. Off-White has Don Timbers. C, Don C did some Tims. Kala did some so, Tims. Mm-hmm. So let's send Senator Harris the right pair of Tims. And yes. Jimmy Chu, if y'all want to send us a pair for Senator Harris, hit us up because uh, I'll get Senator Kamala Harris's sizes and, and we're going to get her the right pair of Tims. Mina, we got to keep your aunt right. Maya, yeah. we got to keep your sister right. Okay? Yeah. These off-white Tims are kind of dope. They was way off. All right. All right. Thank you. And you used to tie your Tims like that too, Charlamagne. So don't talk Never. about her tying her Tims. You used to tie Never. your Tims real tight like Never. that too. Never. Right. Oh, pull up the picture. Ask Yee is next. 800-585-1051. If you need any type of advice, Ask Yee is next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. What, 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 what you want to know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Come on, Relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? This is Mark, man. Birmingham, man. Birmingham, Alabama. What's up, brother? What's your question for Yee? What's going on, man? Hey, Yee, man. I'm trying to see, man, do I need to let my marriage keep on going or just let it go? You know, I, uh... Me and my wife, we've been together for almost, what, 13 years, been married, nine, together, whatever, whatever. And, you know, I ain't, I, I was I was raised to survive. I, I ain't know how to probably love my wife nor my kids, you know what I'm saying? And I got it mixed, mm-hmm. and I just started rightly being a father, you know, probably about, i say about five years ago. Because my whole mm-hmm. thing was, like I said, as long, my, in my mind frame, as long as all the bills paid, kids took care of, food on the table, and my mind, you know what I'm saying, the house was straight. You know, like mm-hmm. home straight. It ain't nobody hurt from that new cars in the yard the whole night. You know, and I stepped out on my wife a couple of years ago. And now I had to redo myself and make myself a better person for her. But now I'm okay. doing everything she wanted me to do, you know, being faithful, being honest, opening up to her, things, things of that nature. But the other night was in the room and I asked, I said, damn, but you, you've been acting kind of, you know, like funny with me lately. Like, what's up, talk to me? And she told me, she said, man, you did so much in the past. Well, I still love you, but I'm scared to open up. I'm scared to let this wall back down to you. I'm scared I'm going to let this. I'm, uh, she's scared, basically, that, that I'm going to break her heart again. Mm-hmm. And I know that I messed up, but I'm like, damn, do I keep trying to prove myself or do I just let it go? Uh, uh, sir, don't you think she should be scared? I mean, yeah, but at the same time, like I said, we was both young we got together. Like, literally, like we were like 17, 18. And I, I, it, it wasn't her responsibility, but... She was there with me to help me grow from a man to a boy. And I admit that Okay, we, who we helped her grow? I stuff. mean, listen, here's my thing. Did she ever do anything to betray your trust? Yeah, I mean, we done both did our, we done both did our dirt. We have. But the thing over there, she because, but she it, has mine, though. Yeah, but it takes That's time. You I said a couple of years, a, a couple of years ago, you said this happened, right? You cheated, you stepped yeah. out. Yeah. And you yeah. said for five years, you weren't a good father? Yeah, like I said, I, I ain't going to say good father. What I mean by that, like, I won't 
like putting in a lot of time with you. And I would just my 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 thing with being a father was like I said, taking them shopping, going, spend a bunch of money on them, did that, did that, another. That that was mine. I had it took my dad to tell me like, hey man, you need to start building memories with them children, taking them places, taking them out of town. Like right. I ain't gonna remember them clothes and them joints that you buying them when they get old. Listen, to gain someone's trust back is a lot of work. And she told you she's nervous, she's scared. She needs you to constantly reassure her right now. And this is years of her feeling like this, that now all of a sudden she's supposed to believe that you've changed. I'm sure that she's been wanting this to happen for a while. She's been thinking it's going to happen. It didn't happen. And the truth is, nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. So, of course, she's not... Uh, 100% going to trust you right away and let you back in. It takes some time. Are you willing to put that I mean, time in? Time in over some years now. Like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's been some, it's been some years as I did my dirty. It's been some you years. Said, you, know, you said I a couple of, like, two years? Probably three for real. I'm just confused. It seems to me like you have a lot of work to do, but you still have to do that work. That's not easy. Like, you broke her heart. Man, we broke and I'm sure that... And I'm sure that it gets, I, I know, but we're talking about how she's feeling right now. You know what I'm saying? You can't justify it by saying, well, she did this, she did. We both mistake. We were young. She's the one right now that has this wall up. And has it gotten better since the beginning of her finding out all these things? I mean, to a certain extent. But it like, okay, so she get close, it, she bad, back up. It takes some time to, to get that progress. It takes some time of consistency. And I that's a that, lot. That, it is a lot of work. Have y'all gone to seek uh, professional help? No, nah, we ain't. We ain't. But see, the thing though, you like, she wanted me to just get past her little mishap that she did. But she, she holding on to mine though. That's unfair. This ain't a, but this is I not a tip for tat. If this is really how she feels, it might be time for you to show how serious you are by making the effort to get some professional help. Because sometimes the feelings are so involved, it's so emotional that y'all might need the right tools to figure out how can you move past this. And there might be things that trigger her, and she can't really help that, but she's got to figure out a way to deal with it. And you also have to have some patience. I've been having them. I've been trying. And man, that sh- man, you, man, that, that man, it's, it's when, when you know you're doing right, you're trying to do right, and somebody constantly throwing that mess up in your face like that, that's hard, you. Right. That means hard, man. I, I, symp- I sympathize with you on that. I feel you, and she probably feels like it's hard for me to trust you, just like you feel like it's hard for me to be doing the right thing, and then you keep on acting like I'm not. And that's why I'm saying it might be time for y'all to to have to get some professional help in order to move past this. But I will say it takes a lot, man. As women, things are, and I'm sure for men too, when things like that happen, it's not easy. It's not easy for us to not want to feel like a fool again. We think about where your emotions involved with somebody else. How did this happen? There's certain times that things, you know, you you did that to her and it's something that she hasn't completely put behind her and it might not ever be completely gone and she might need to be reassured and I'm sure that's frustrating but you know part of when you make those mistakes is sometimes it's hard to get past it and you need to find those right tools I think you should show her that you mean business and say let's set up an appointment and start working on some counseling even if it's you know going to churches maybe it takes you doing even more than what you've been doing just the two of you because i think with just the two of you working on it it's not happening all oh. right and like what you had to say all right ask ye <laughs> 800-585-1051 if you got questions for ye call her now it's the breakfast club good morning here's some real advice with angela ye it's ask ye 
Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hey, good morning. My name is Akil. How you doing? Akil, hey, Akil. what's up, man? What's your question for Yee? All right, so my question is, um, <clears throat> I just want to know if it's actually a good time to start a business. Um, I'm trying to get into, I'm trying to start a juice truck, actually. I'm actually aiming for, like, around March, you know, when spring starts again, whatever the case may be. Now, given the pandemic, I know, like, this has been, like, in a decline and dwelling and stuff. So I just want your opinion and take on it, knowing that you actually, like, run a juice bar and such. Man, shout out to uh, Akil that we have at the juice bar. He's usually in the Bronx, though, but he does a great job. He's amazing. Sometimes. His father, Nigel. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Akil. But I will say our juice business has been doing really well during this uh, pandemic. So if you have the means and the funds to start a business right now, it can be a good time depending on what that business is. I think a lot more people are concerned about their health and trying to be proactive mm-hmm. and doing the right thing. So, yes, I do believe that if you have, and you said you're going to do a truck so you can be mobile, you can go to different places. Yeah, yeah. So my idea audience is like, you know, people who are in, like health and wealth, people in the fitness, like the maybe park mm-hmm. about gym or such, you know, the, the fine clientele. And I am here too, real quick. My name is Akil, obviously, and I'm also from the Bronx as well. Oh, that's dope. All right. No, I do think that as far as things like that, when it comes to health and wellness, I think this is a good time for us to, um, you know, to do those businesses. As a matter of fact, I will say that our juice bar has been, not only uh, stayed open during this whole time, but it's actually been doing a little better with less hours because I do feel like people are being a lot more active and learning about their health. So one thing I will encourage is make sure when you have something like this that you are very involved and for the communities that you're serving. I think that's important Mm -hmm. because that personal touch really does matter and people can tell when you're passionate about helping people. So do it for the right reasons. And yes, I do think it's a good time if you have the means to start that business. And there's a lot of grants out there, too. So there's, the government is really trying to help people start up loans. And there's grants. There's, uh, they give you loans where the interest rates are very cheap and you don't necessarily have to pay back starting. You know, they give you a year to get yourself together. So there's a lot of things out there that will help you out during this time. So definitely do your homework. All right, definitely. I think you definitely appreciate that. And, and it'd be really, really quick. I know the pandemic is going on, but you host maybe like a virtual seminar for like real estate, things like that, too, because I'm also trying to find ways to have multiple streams of income. Yeah, we did. I, I did one. I know uh, Yee does a, a, a Wealth Wednesdays that she does on Wednesdays, but I do one once every couple of months. I think I'm going to do one in October where we're actually going to uh, do a webinar where we're going to actually go into a, a bunch of different houses that we own and that we're fixing up to show people how we're doing, the cost, and all those other things. I think Caesar and I are going to do that. And then Caesar and I will be on TV hopefully the end of this year, early next year, kind of breaking down some of the things and trying to help people get grants and money and loans and try to, you know, to, to finagle the system. A lot of times we just don't know how to finagle the system in a legal way and right. try to teach you guys how to do it. Right, right, right. Well, all right, guys. Well, thanks so much for your, your time and assistance. I appreciate it. Good luck, Thank brother. Thank you. All right, ask ye 800-585-1051 if you need relationship advice. Now, ye, we got rumors on the way? Yes, and Samuel L. Jackson interviewed John David Washington. That's, as you know, you know John David Washington. That's Denzel's son, but he's also an amazing actor in his mm-hmm. own right. And find out what he had to say. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Chris Rock. It's about time. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is The Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Chris Rock just did an extensive interview. I'm reading it on HollywoodReporter.com. 
And it's also on the New York Times if you want to check it out there. But he's talking about uh, Fargo because, you know, he's in the season of Fargo on FX. Mm -hmm. And then he's also talking about learning that he has a disorder. One of his friends had said that he might have Asperger's. And then he went ahead and got all kinds of cognitive tests done. And he found out he has nonverbal learning disorder. So he has tremendous difficulty with nonverbal signals. He also says that he's been in therapy seven hours a week. So he said he decided to seek meaningful help for the first time in his life. He also just recently learned how to swim. That's inspiring because I don't know how to swim. He said, do you know how effing hard it is for a grown-up to learn how to swim? You've got to to not be scared to die. That's the main thing. You can't be scared of the water. If you're not scared of the water, you're good. Gia doesn't know how to swim. Like I said, I learned how to swim early. My kids know how to swim. But I see grown-ass people jump in the pool, and they just start going crazy. And I'm like, just stand up. Just, just, Just stand up. Yeah, that article is a great article, man. Chris Rock is one of my favorite minds. Uh, I definitely want to know more about uh, the nonverbal condition he has because 80% of communication is nonverbal. So I wonder how that's just impacted him throughout his life. Right. So he, he addresses a lot of things like uh, blackface. Remember, he had defended Jimmy Fallon from when he did a blackface impersonation of Chris Rock on SNL. He said he doesn't remember seeing it at the time. He said it was just bad comedy. And he said Fallon doesn't have a racist bone in his body. And he did call him after he issued a public apology to tell him that he loves him. And he's also going to appear on Fallon's Tonight Show to promote Fargo as well. So uh, mm-hmm. he's got a lot going on right now. And he's trending right now for some of the things that he just recently has said in some interviews about uh, Democrats and coronavirus and Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, that's a good conversation, too. I mean, what, what he said is that, you know, um, the, the Democrats let the coronavirus seep in by... People, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to misquote the brother Chris Rock. Not as, not for something like that. What did he say exactly? He said Democrats let COVID nineteen come into the U S. by focusing on the impeachment instead. I, I think it's a combination of all that. Democrats were impeaching Trump, but Trump is still the president, and his response to the pandemic was garbage. But he also could have been distracted by the impeachment as well. But being that he was the one who said himself, he tried to downplay it. That excuse mm-hmm. won't fly, but Democrats and Republicans are both Americans, and I don't remember either side ringing, ringing any alarms earlier this year in regards to the coronavirus. Coronavirus just kind of hit us in March. Like you heard things about it here and there, but it wasn't dominating the news until late March. All right, Barack Obama has announced that his memoir, A Promised Land, will be released in November. So I know we're excited about that. He posted, there's no feeling like finishing a book. And I'm proud of this one. I spent the last few years reflecting on my presidency and in a promised land. I've tried to provide an honest accounting of my presidential campaign and my time in office. Hey, man. All right. I, I enjoy becoming. So I'm looking forward to reading uh, President Obama's book. Mm-hmm. Another thing I'm looking forward to is Insecure Season 5. It looks like they are getting ready for that. They just did the table read and Issa Rae posted Season five, table read, different. Another thing that she recently did was she did a Q, she quizzed SZA on Insecure to see how much she knew about it. Listen to how it went. Molly gets tased trying to get back into Coachella after being kicked out. True or false? Um, so narcissist that all I remember is that y'all went to see me <laughs> on the show. <laughs> uh, tased, that would be so dramatic and I feel like I don't remember that. False. False. Kelly got tased. Okay. All right. I feel like I would do good on that quiz because you know that's my show. Yeah, you. Yeah, if you actually watched the show, since it don't sound like she actually watched the show, since act like she seen. I mean, that would seem like a lucky guess. She act like she's seen the show before, but it's a difference between seeing it a couple times and actually being invested in every episode. 
Right. Well, she was also on it too, so. She was. She was on. Yeah, she was on that episode. She performed. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, um, uh, Jim Carrey, in the meantime, is going to be playing Joe Biden in the new season of Saturday Night Live. So get ready to see that. Alec Baldwin, as you know, uh, he'll be going head to head with Alec Baldwin. Alec will be returning as Donald Trump. People really enjoy Saturday Night Live during this time, I have to say. I just be watching the clips online. I don't know if I really watch the show live when it's happening ever. Yo, All right. Jim, and Jesus. Think about that. Jim Carrey and Maya Rudolph together. Because Maya mm-hmm. Rudolph plays Cinder that has. That's going to be entertaining. Mm. <laughs> and Jesus and Mero has been renewed for another season on Showtime. So congratulations uh, to them. Drop on the booth. Exactly. The Bodega Boys. Jesus and Mero. Think we still got beef? I mean, we y'all made up. Our beef. Yeah, we good. I'm happy. I want to see them win. It's because of the internet clip. If you, if a, if a, if a YouTube clip got <laughs> two, three million views, that's what they see all the time. They don't, they don't see y'all hugged up on the baseball field, or they don't hear you shouting them out saying y'all don't got no issues. Like nobody ever hears that as loud as they hear the BS. That's just the truth to the matter. Well, they've been renewed for a third season, so congratulations. Proud to of them. my guy. Right? Salute to them, man. And John David Washington, he was interviewed by Samuel L. Jackson, and he talks about moving back home during this pandemic. You know, his father, Denzel Washington, of course. Listen to this. When the pandemic was raging, you were back at home. I was and back you in the were, crib, yeah. And you were in your old room? Yes, Uncle Sam, I was oh, in my old feel, room. Yeah. So did that feel like those old television shows where the kid graduates from college and then he ends up coming back home and... But you're not a burden on your parents because, I mean, you actually got a job and a career and stuff. So you were just there, like, but you still had to do chores, though, right? My chore was to, was to make sure I'm, I'm down for dinner in time. That's not a chore. Okay, well, how about, how about cooking? Now, just for perspective, Samuel L. Jackson was guest co-hosting on Jimmy Kimmel Live. I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I would love to go home with my mom. My mom would cook three times a day. I get to watch the games with my dad. That would be the best ever. I feel like I'd be cooking for my parents three times a day. Nah, if I live Duke's with them. Got that. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. Can you cook, Envy? Yes, I do. I cook every morning. I cook the kids' breakfast in the morning, and then uh, I do. I cook uh, dinner every night. Every night. Every night, my wife handles the, she washes the laundry and does that because right now we don't have a nanny, so I cook every night. Kids love it. Would, would BET consider your meals black? <laughs> probably would. They probably would say it wasn't black enough. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you cook, Charlemagne? No. I used, to, I used to cook, cook spaghetti. But no. But now you can't really. anymore? That's like the easiest no, thing to make. No, I can't. Stop Because I used to do it so much that it was a thing. Like, I could really whip together some spaghetti and some corn. Now, you could really boil nah. that water, right? Spaghetti. I could boil that right. water and throw it. That's right. <laughs> Let's not act like cooking them noodles ain't a tough thing, man. You got to make sure it's they're really not too not. soft. <laughs> but no, I can't cook. Cooking yeah, is not I know you don't like. I know you don't like that you stuff You have to throw soft, spaghetti anyway. on the wall, and if it sticks to the wall, that means it's ready. All right. Well, revolt, peace. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Get your request, and it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, the biggest virtual music festival in 2020 is happening tomorrow and Saturday. Alicia Keys, Usher, Migos, and more. It's the iHeartRadio Music Festival. You can listen on iHeartRadio, or you can watch on the CW app tomorrow and Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Usually, we head out there. Uh, I'm kind of mad that we're not going. I am. I'm not going to lie. I look forward to Vegas. That is a nice little, you know, getaway, kind of like a, mm-hmm. a, a, a a little vacation for me and the wife where it's just us mm-hmm. two, no kids. I am I am uh, disappointed. 
I'm not gonna lie. You know what, too? I had for the first time in my life, like planned a lot of things in advance this year in particular, because I've been trying to do better at mm-hmm. booking stuff in advance. And everything has gotten canceled. So I got like a super cheap flight because I had to go to L.A. to get the, the Gracie Awards were supposed to be in L.A. right after. And so I booked this flight super cheap, got an upgrade already and did all kinds of things. And then it got canceled. Yeah, me too. You know, my kids like to go because my kids like the artist performance. So I booked their flights already. I booked it early so it wouldn't be that expensive, but it wound up canceling. But listen, thank God we're all still alive and we are very blessed and thankful to be in the position that we're in where we still are getting a check and, you know, still making things happen and starting businesses and everything that we have going on. So we are so blessed. Thank you, God. Very true. And I hope everyone else is getting blessings as well. Absolutely. Same. All right. Well, when we come back, positive note, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, uh, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Yes, man. The positive note is simply this. Uh, your soul is always going to whisper your truth back to you. Your soul wants what is best for you. And if you try to silence his voice, eventually the whisper will become a roar. Breakfast Club, bitches! You all finished or y'all done? 